0: Well, I invite you to take your Bibles, your phones, electronic devices, the Pew Bible in front of you, and join me in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. This morning, we're going to be looking at verses 25 to 34 as we continue our journey through the Sermon on the Mount. I've been going through this sermon verse by verse. And this morning, there's a very simple message for us. And that message is this. Stop being anxious. Stop being anxious. Follow along with me as I begin reading in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. May the God bless the reading of his word this morning. Well, it was just a few weeks ago, August the 11th. Barb and I had decided that we would take any of our grandkids who could go, and we would take them up to see Niagara Falls. Now, typically, when we go up to the falls, we stay on the Canadian side, but to get over into Canada now, everybody has to have a passport, and you have to have an arrive Canada form. And so, even though we could not go onto the Canadian side, we thought there's plenty to see, can see the falls, plenty to do from the American side. So, I was very careful when I made our reservations to go up there. I was booking our room with some uh, award points that I had, and when I went online to book the dates, I made sure that I typed in Niagara Falls, New York, USA. So I typed that in, I got our reservations, and we were all set to go. So on August the 11th, which was a Sunday, we came to church. After church, we went home. Uh, Everybody got into the car, everything is packed up. And so the last thing we're doing before we leave is I am giving the address from my phone for our hotel to Barb to type into the GPS. And I gave her the address. 6700, Falls View Boulevard, Niagara Falls, Uh (laughs) uh-oh, because staring me on my phone were the words, Ontario, Canada. At at that moment in time, I said to everyone in the car, the grandkids call me Baba, and I said, Baba has messed up, (laughs) to which I was really assured and encouraged by my eight-year-old granddaughter who said from the back of the car, you sure did, Baba. (laughs) Baba. So here we are, ready to go. We can't go into Canada. The points that I used were non-refundable. They told me, yeah, (laughs) non-refundable. And when I was booking the room, uh, many of the places were already completely full. So what am I going to do? At that moment in time, I felt concerned, worried, nervous, everything that defines the word anxious that is found in this passage. The word anxious is used six times in this passage. The word itself comes from the old English word that means to strangle, to choke, or to seize by the throat. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe you're feeling like that this morning as you come in. Maybe you're feeling that over the political environment that we find in our country with an election coming up. You're concerned, you're worried about what's going to happen. Irregardless of which side of the aisle you happen to identify with, it seems like both sides are really up in arms and concerned and anxious. As a world back in 2001, this anxiousness seemed to sweep across our entire country. On this day, when the Twin Towers were attacked. Or maybe it was through the very long days of COVID-19, when everything was shut down, people could not even go to see their loved ones who were in homes receiving care, people afraid to go out. And the lingering effects of that is still here today. You may be here today and you just feel very anxious in our world. And there's some at home, some for very legitimate reasons who are staying away from going out and others who are not going out just because they are paralyzed with concern and fear and anxiousness. Being anxious is something that we all deal with at various stages and at various levels within our lives. That's why I think if you look at what Jesus says here in its tense, it means stop being anxious. Because it can sneak up on us in a moment, can it? Everything is going fine, and then in one moment, everything changes. And we find ourselves filled with concerns that go beyond just a normal concern, which is healthy, into something that is not healthy for us. So stop being anxious. Now I could end the message right there and say, okay, this is what Jesus had to say. Stop being anxious. Let's pray, let's go home, let's quit being anxious. But we're going to break the passage down and, and look at various things. That are here. First of all, I want us to see the facts. The facts. Look with me, beginning in verse 25. We're just going to walk through the passage together. All right. the facts. Therefore, I tell you. Remember, we've talked about whenever you see a therefore in a passage, you stop and ask the question what is it there for? What is it connecting you? Two Last week, the context of the passage, Pastor Bruce was preaching for us. We're not to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. We're told that we're not to serve two masters, that you cannot. You cannot serve God and serve money. So you have to pick one that you're going to serve. Therefore, in light of this, I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life. Now, the word that's used for life here is a word that means your soul, your mind, your heart. It's who you are. It's your inner self. It's the inner part of you. It's your entire person. Is more. Eat and about what we wear. Now, on your mind this morning, maybe, oh, where am I going to go for lunch today? Life is more than about what you eat. Maybe you spent several hours this morning picking out your outfit to come to church. Life is more than about what we eat and what we wear. Fact number two, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Number two, you are valued by God. Do you realize God loves you? For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you recognize that God loves you and he cares for you? And he illustrates this for us in verse 26, telling us to look at the birds of the air. Now, I'm not a big fan of birds. One of my joys right now is the fact we used to have a huge pine tree right by our bedroom window. And that pine tree would be filled with birds, and when the sun would come up, they would start making all kinds of noise. I know some of you call it singing, I call it noise. They were making, they would wake me up early in the morning. So last year we cut that pine tree down. Uh, Not because of the birds, it was too big. See, Barb loved hearing the birds sing in the morning. She wakes up early. I'm more of a night person than a morning person. I'm not a big fan of birds, but God is. How, because, how do I know that? Because I looked up this week. Do you realize that in our world, there's between 200 and 400 billion birds? I couldn't believe that. There's only a little over, there's about 7.5 billion people. Why do we need all those birds to wake me up in the morning? But get... Get the point here. God feeds every one of those birds every day. Would that be enough to make you anxious to plan meals for two hundred to four hundred and bil- billion birds? How'd you like to feed fill the bird feeder for that? You bird lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a bird lover, you're in good company because God loves birds because he provides for them. But you are of more value than God. God loves. Can you say that God loves me? He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you so that you could have eternal You are valued by God. Fact number three, verse 27. And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? You're worried about how long you'll live? What does that worry accomplish for you? Anxiety accomplishes. Nothing. Let that sink in. Anxiety accomplishes nothing. Being worried and concerned, it has no positive results for us. Fact number four look at verse 28 and 29. God provides more for the eternal than the temporary. See, think of, he he used the illustration of why are you concerned about what you're going to wear? God will provide that for you. Why are you anxious about that? He gives the illustration, we look in creation and we see the beauty that God has placed in creation. Aren't you glad that we have a creative God Aren't you have, glad that God is just not bland in that what, which he creates, but he created so much beauty and variety for us to enjoy? And he has created, he says, look at the flowers of the fields, and look how beautiful the flowers are. They said Solomon, even in all of his glory, was not clothed like this. Now think of Solomon for a moment. Solomon may have very well been the richest man who's ever lived in the history of the world. He could buy anything he wanted to. He could change clothes five times a day if he wanted to. But even Solomon, with all of that, was not arrayed as God has arrayed creation. God provides more for the eternal than the temporary. Fact number five, the end of verse 30, it asks the question, O you of little faith. Anxiety shows a lack of faith. When we are anxious, it shows a lack of faith on our part, a lack of trusting our heavenly Father. God has everything under control. So why are we so lacking in faith? You know, someone has done surveys, counselors have studied this, as they've dealt with people who really have deep anxiety problems, and they found out that 85% of what they worry about never happens. 85% of what we grow overly concerned about never happens. We need to trust our God who is in control of everything. Fact number six. Anxiety is worldly. Look at verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. The Gentiles. There he's referring to those who are pagans, those who do not follow after God. Those who do not follow God. Those who do not have a deeper purpose in their life. This is what they're concerned about. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to live? their lives are filled with those concerns because all they're looking at is the temporary and not looking at the eternal. We need to be careful that we put the emphasis on the eternal, not on the temporary. That we do not get caught up in this philosophy within our world. You know, every... Every ad that you see on TV. Every ad that you listen to on the radio. They're telling you about all these products that you want. Absolutely have to have. How are you going to live if you don't have this latest line of clothes? Women, how are you ever going to find, you know, your your true love if you don't use the right perfume? Guys, how are you going to hook up with that beautiful woman that you won if you're not at this particular gym and on this particular diet in order to impress her? This is all of the world. All of this is what the world is seeking after. Anxiety is worldly. Next. Verse 32. Fact number seven. Your father knows what you need. Your father is completely aware of everything that you need. Verse 32. It says, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Does God know that you need clothes to wear? Does God know that you need food to eat? Yes. Does God know that you need a place to live? Is any of that a surprise to him? No, it's not. Nor has it ever been in the entire history of the world God, for every person that has ever lived. Even if we go back to the very first couple, after Adam and Eve sinned against God, did God know they needed some clothes to wear? So God provided them outfits to wear. God knows what we need. See why this is a matter of faith? Do we trust that our heavenly Father knows what we need? Think of a little child who's in a loving family. Does the father in that family know what his children need? Does that earthly father, is he aware that she needs shelter, that she needs clothes, that she needs something to eat every day? If an earthly father is aware of that, how much greater is our heavenly father? He already knows what it is that we need. And I, I like the fact that here, that as Jesus is talking about this and teaching, notice he doesn't say, God knows what you need. He says, the father He's speaking out of relationship here, of a father-son, a father-daughter relationship. And I would ask you this morning, do you have that kind of relationship with God? Do you know God as your father? The only way you can really be in that relationship with God is through the Lord Jesus Christ, by putting your faith and trust in Him. Because as many as receive To them he gives the power to become the children of God. And to enter into that father-son, that father-daughter relationship, you must accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. Now if you know Jesus as your Savior, you have a father that is constantly looking out for you and is committed to provide for you. And he knows what you need, even before you know what you need. The eighth fact that I want us to see is that today's troubles are enough for today. Look in verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today's trouble are enough. How much time do we spend worrying about what will happen tomorrow and beyond that? We need to focus just on the events of today, not worrying. Remember, 85% of what you are concerned about is never gonna happen anyway. And I think we can trust God with the other 15%. Don't you? I think we can trust him to do it. So let's not get caught up in tomorrow. Let's stay focused on walking by faith today. So let's look at the solution. Those are the facts. Let's look at the solution. Since anxiety comes from a lack of faith, Trust God and put him first. Trust God and put him first. Back up in verse 30, he asks the question about whether God would care for us. And he says, oh, ye of little faith. How much faith do you have today? Where is your faith? Do you have much faith? Do you have little faith? If you have no faith, you need to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have little faith, you need to have that faith grow and trust God. As you look and see how God has met your needs and in light of the facts that Jesus lays out for us, trust in Him and let that faith grow. But put God First, remember the context of the passage, don't lay up for yourselves treasures where they're going to be destroyed, but lay up treasures in heaven. You can't serve two masters, choose the right one to serve, and that is the Lord. And then in verse 33, Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What are all these things? They're all the things that we need. All the things this passage is talked about. Our Father knows what we need, and he will provide for us. So it's August the 11th. I have a group of three grandchildren that I've told to get out of the car while I try to figure something in as I go back into the house. And the first thing I did right then was I prayed. I said, Father, this is all in your hands. Uh, Those reward points that are not refundable They belong to you, and if you just want them to go down the drain, Father, that's up to you. (laughs) Father, I've got no place to stay up there, and if you've got another plan for where we're to go and what we're to do this weekend, uh, I would be real happy if you would let me in on what that is right now. So I went in. I called the hotel we were supposed to stay at and informed them we would not be arriving and explained to them what I had done, and they gave me all my points back, even though they were not to be refundable. And then I got on the computer and started looking for places in Niagara Falls USA, being very careful. I actually would pull up the address to make sure it didn't say Ontario on it. And pretty much everything in Niagara Falls was booked. But I did find a hotel nearby in Buffalo, which was not that far from the falls. And I was able to book our rooms, and we were able to go and enjoy our vacation. So all of that anxiety that was filling me accomplished nothing except giving me an upset stomach. But accomplished nothing of value. And God had this in his hands all along. He can be trusted. He can be trusted. Does it mean that everything's always going to work out like that? No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean if it doesn't work out, God has a bigger and a better plan for us. And our goal, our challenge, put him first seek his kingdom and his righteousness and god will take care of the rest of the details this doesn't mean we don't plan the scriptures teach us to do that but it means that our god is big enough to take care of us and to provide